Um, at this time, you may have noticed there are a few people dressed kind of oddly. And um, I would like to invite our graduates to come up and join me up here, please. All right. Step right up there. Um, and if you guys would please share with us quickly your name, where you're graduating from, and what your plans are after graduation. And then just a quick two-minute, um, you know, theological, no, just kidding. <laughs> just your name, where you've graduated from, and where you're headed. Okay. Hi, my name is Marcus Hamilton. I'm graduating from Bonnie Lake High School. I'm going to Central Washington next year. Um, oh, that's loud. Um, I'm <laughs> Timothy Blanton. I'm graduating from Sumner High School, and next year I'll be going to Grand Canyon University. I'm Micaiah Harris. I graduated from Sumner High School, and I'm going to the University of Montana. I'm Grace White. I graduated with a degree in nursing at Northwest University, a BSN degree, and I'm not headed anywhere. I'll, I'll be getting a job. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I, uh, I have tissues in all my pockets. <laughs> um, I, uh, first off, parents, congratulations. We've done it, right? They're 18 or just about 18. We're done parenting, right? <laughs> Um, but I would, like, I would like to ask the parents of the graduates to please stand. Uh -huh. <laughs> stay standing, stay standing. Um, we've done it, we've made it from diapers to graduation gowns. It's pretty impressive. Um, I would also like anyone who has been a small group leader for these students to please stand. And anyone who has volunteered in Rise and Shine, or in the nursery, or into, in the preschool classrooms, to please stand. Um, anyone who has been a mentor, or a babysitter, or prayed for these students, please stand. If you have volunteered for VBS, please stand. <laughs> if you would love worship for these students, please stand. You guys have made a huge difference in the lives of these students and in the lives of their parents, and I just want to thank you. Students, can we give them a round of applause? You may have a seat for just a second, because if you have a child who has been in a small group led by one of these students, would you please stand? And if, if one of these students has babysat for your kids or been a mentor or taken them to a game, will you please stand? If one of these students has led worship while you've been in this room, please stand. If they've been in the AV booth, please stand. 
I've got to tell you, because you guys were the church for them, they have been the church for you. Well done. You may go ahead and have a seat. Um, I do. I, I would also like to invite Cindy up because she has some graduates she would like to honor. And I think I turned it off. I'm so happy to see all of you this morning. I need to stand next to you. Um, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I just think of all the years Kara and I sat in the office together with our kids being tiny. You guys were so tiny. <laughs> and uh, just to see them grow up, it is, um, it's a group effort for sure. And so I'm really proud of you guys. Um, not only am I the director of elementary ministries here, but I have the honor of directing our weekday preschool, Little Sprouts. And this year we had... 28 kids um, graduate from our pre-K class, moving on to kindergarten. And I know a couple of them are here, so if they would like to come up, I see Jackson out there, and then I think Tommy's here. I don't know if Carter's in here as well. I have a little something special for you. Um, you guys can just come right up. If you're shy, that's okay. You don't have to either. Um, but it has been so much fun to watch these little guys. Here you go, Jackson. Congratulations for you. Come here, Tommy. Love. Look at how cute they are. Here's something special for you. Do you want to just stand here for a minute with me? Oh, Gwen's here too. Yay. Here's little Gwen. You guys stay up here. Gwen. <laughs> She's busy. So it is just so much fun for me to see these little guys and to think that very, very soon, parents, very soon, they're going to be standing up here in cap and gown um, graduating from high school. So thank you for how you support Little Sprouts. We so appreciate it. Congratulations, you guys. So we do have a gift for our high school graduates. Greg, would you mind helping me out with that? Um, we decided to um, get Bibles for our high school graduates, and we got you guys uh, the message. Um, it is a Bible that is written in contemporary language, and we did that so that you would remember that God's word is God's word no matter what language you speak. And we got you an actual Bible. I know you all have it on your phones. <laughs> but we got you a real one because the real Bible has weight to it that you can feel. And you can be reminded of the weight of God's word. And it is in black and white so that you can remember it's the truth. And you can carry this with you um, hopefully for a long time. So... Um, and uh, I've got one more thing we got to do with you guys, but I do want to um, have you guys come stand on the floor and maybe sit down right, right here. Because I want to invite my elementary students, our elementary students, kindergartners through um, fifth graders up. And as you come up, I want to just remind you guys that, that I knew most of these guys when they were your size. Even that one. He was little once. And what we're going to do here today is we are going to do something called commission them because um, whether they are going to a different state or whether they're just entering their career, we need to pray for them. So will you um, lay your hands on them? It just, that just means touch them gently if you're comfortable. It's all good. You can come up behind them if you want. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be strange. 
If you're not comfortable, you can just put your hand out or maybe sneak it down out low or whatever. Here we go. All right, will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for each and every one of these young men and women. We thank you that you saw fit to create them in your image. We thank you that you have a plan and a purpose. And we pray for them right now that they would have the courage and the strength to seek that plan and that purpose with their whole heart. And that they will be reminded daily that you are with them. In your son's holy name we pray these things. Amen. All right. Rise and shiners, you guys get to go to rise and shine. And graduates, you finally get to sit down. All right, I made it through moment one of when I knew I was going to cry. If you haven't noticed, one of those graduates is one of mine. And uh, it's so cliche, but it really does go by very, very fast. (laughs) But as we look at our graduating seniors, we see the evidence of Christian community done well. These are young men and women. Every single one of them has played a role in this church. They haven't just taken, they have given so much. And we work really hard in student ministry at creating community. Creating a a network of people around each student to support them and to love them. Part of what we, we do happens Most of what we do happens outside of this hour where we're here together worshiping. Because even though it's as important as this is, real Christian community happens when we share life outside these walls. That's why we, with the students, we go to retreats like Mud and Thunder. We serve at the St. Francis House. We have the Snowvernighter, some years the Mudder-Nighter. We have the 30-hour famine. We have service and learning trips. And when we're doing that, we're building stories together. Like, remember the time in Tennessee when it was so humid, and the insects, and the lightning, and the thunder. And you remember the time in Mexico where pretty much everyone threw up in the van. And... And do you remember that time where we took the 10-hour van trip? Or remember that Snowvernighter? where we had lots of snow, but it stopped raining and created the slickest sled hill ever, and Maconda folded in half both directions. You're okay, right? <laughs> All right. And, and do, you, do you remember the flaming squirrel? And you may ask yourself, what do these stories have to do with the word of God? What could a flaming squirrel possibly have to do with the word of God. Well, let me tell you this story because it's an amazing story. We went to Colorado last summer with some middle school students. And there were two students who got the job of hauling gravel and creating a bike trail for five days at 5,000 feet in the hot Colorado sun. And they came back to the church where we stayed each night so exhausted 
But one day they went to lunch and they were finishing up their lunch and I'm hoping I'm telling this story right. But they were finishing up lunch and someone comes and says, you can't go back to the work site because there's been a wildfire. And that's, I think it was the next day they found out what started the wildfire. You see, there was an electrical wire and I'm not sure of all the physics that happened, but the squirrel ended up getting electrocuted and two things happened. It flew into the field right underneath and caught fire all at the same time. Hence the flaming squirrel that started the wildfire. So what does this have to do with the word of God? Well, the flaming squirrel, probably not. I don't know whether it was a wonder from heaven above or or a miracle down on earth, but I think it probably felt that way to the two students who were really tired because they then got to go and eat ice cream with these (laughs) adults that loved and cared for them. But that's the point. You see, that's where Christian community happens. It's when people do life together, and these students get to experience adults who care about them and are willing to spend the everyday moments with them. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So we can't fulfill the commandment to share God's word if we just keep our Christian community within these walls in this one hour because there's no roads here in this room. The roads are out there. They're in Sumner. They're in Colorado. They're in New Mexico. They're in Washington, D.C. And we have amazing people who spend time with the students. And I think we all have those people in our lives who've taken the time to walk with us and to talk to us because that's where compelling Christian community happens. Acts 2, 42 through 43, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. It happens in the everyday, the breaking of bread, the going down a sled hill, or the showing up with a meal at someone's home, or the walking across the street and saying, hey, how are you doing? It's the everyday where we catch the idea that God's word has relevancy Because compelling Christian community doesn't happen with programs. Compelling Christian community happens with people. It happens with relationships. And it also happens when we realize that the love we have for each other is a testimony to the love that Christ has for us. But community can be hard right? There are disappointments. There are frustrations. There are pains. There is anger. People disengage. But I am continually amazed at how people overcome this tension of Christian community. 
because you have the hard part, but you also have that call to love one another. And when you see the patience that we can, the capacity for patience we can have for each other, it's there because we have experienced the grace that Jesus has given us. For me, sometimes I will have to admit to you, it can be hard to do the right thing when it's just for me. Because it's hard, right? But when we realize that we're to be living examples of Christ's love, maybe it can be a little easier because we can do it for somebody else. I I had a dog once named Juno. And Juno loved to run. She was a really fast dog. She would run about 25 miles per hour, which made it a really big problem when she would get out. (laughs) But we could hop on our bikes, go to the levee, and once, for some reason, once we were at the levee in Ording, we could clip the, the, the leash on her and we could get her home. So one day she gets out, and I'm really mad that she's gotten out, and I run into the garage, and I see my bike, but my helmet's nowhere to be fine, but that's okay. I'm just going to the levee. I don't need my helmet, right? but I see my three small children standing on the lawn, and I really don't want to have to explain to them why mom doesn't have to wear her helmet. So I just grab a random helmet, I throw it on my head, I hop on my bike, I start riding that bike as fast as I possibly can. And that's when about a block away from my house, the dog jets out in front of me. I hit the dog, go over the handlebars, land on my head, skid against the concrete, come down on the handlebars and separate my ribs. I take off the helmet, and sure enough, that puppy's cracked. (laughs) I was really glad that I had been called to live out a good example to my kids that day. (laughs) But there are people in our community, and there are probably people in this room who have not experienced the power of the love of Christ. We need to live each day with each other, remembering that how we interact with each other is a testament to those people. And let me tell you, if teenage girls, middle school girls can be kind to each other during an entire 10-hour drive in a 15-passenger van, we can do it as adults, right? (laughs) And if you're one of those people who, who don't know the power of the resurrection and the immense hope that is brought on by the grace of God, I got to apologize to you because I know that I am not always a fantastic example of the love of Christ. And I can promise you right here and now that I am going to fail you. I am going to let you down. I'm going to frustrate you. You're going to get mad at me sometimes. But I can promise you that I'm going to keep working on it. And I'd love to work on it with you. Compelling Christian community happens with relationships. It happens with relationships, daily relationships. 
It happens when we love one another. And it happens when we love one another, not as we should be, but as we are. I once had a counselor look me in the eye one day and say, you really need to stop shooting on yourself. And, and I, I began to realize that I not only had a problem with doing that with myself, but I was shooting on a lot of other people, <laughs> expecting them to live as I thought they should live to make my world a better place. <laughs> and I have to go back to that spot and remember that God has created everyone in his image. And I find myself saying that a lot, possibly because I need that reminder, but I never want to lose the gravity of that statement. The God who created the universe and all of its complexities created not only each and every one of us in this room, but each and every person we meet on a daily basis. He knit them together in their mother's womb. He created for them a plan and a purpose. He didn't create a collective. He created individuals to work together as a collective for his purpose. And I think it's, it's easier for me from time to time to remember when I look at that store clerk who's really irritating me and remember that they were created in the image of God. I had, I had a hard time with this right after high school. I'd grown up in a Christian home. I'd grown up in a Christian school. And even though I really didn't want to have much to do with it, I found myself holding people to standards that not even I could meet. And, and it made it hard for me to love them. And the people we meet, they are going to be different from us. The people we meet are going to look different and act different than us. They're going to have different political views, different religious views, different views on science. They are going to have different sexual orientations than us. But our job is not to judge them and condemn them. Our job, as set out by Jesus Christ, is to love them. And we've got to figure out how to do that. I've got to figure out how to do that. 1 Peter 3.15 But in your hearts set Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean the pain goes away. Doesn't mean there won't be hurts and frustrations. But what it means is that we have a hope and a foundation that those who don't know the redeeming love of Jesus Christ have. 
And we need to be offering that with gentleness and respect. We need to be walking humbly. We need to act justly. And we need to love mercy. That's how we end up. When we can do that as a community, that's how we end up with the graduates like we had stand up here today. I am so proud of each and every one of them and everything that they have accomplished and are going into the world to accomplish. See, because so many of you took time out of your lives to love them well at their best and at their worst. And the cool thing about love is it is eternal. That love doesn't go away once the act is finished. And that love doesn't go away when the person who did the act stops breathing and their heart stops beating. And I'm reminded of that when I think of Be Heard and the way she would come to me and she would ask how she could pray for Micaiah. And I always knew that B was praying for Micaiah. And I think of Larry Paxton and the smile he always had on his face when he wore his Awana shirt and he showed up to pour in the lives of our students. Larry and B may not be here physically with us anymore, but the love that they poured into the graduates, into Many of us into this room has an eternal effect. They are great examples of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And if I can accomplish half of what they have done, I will consider myself a success. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift that this community, that this network of people are. We thank you that you have brought their gifts and their skills to create together to create a whole church. And Lord, please give us the patience, please give us the courage, and please give us the strength to reach beyond these walls and welcome with open arms those people who do not know you yet that we may play a part in your plan by welcoming them into your love and to the hope that you offer. In your son's holy name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Kara, thank you for your passion and your love and for the flying, burning squirrel story.